This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and as the sun setting at 3 p.m. reminds us, the year is almost over. What should we have learned this year, besides never to tickle Joe's mom when she's eating chili cheese Frito pie, to kick off our year-end What We Should Have Learned extravaganza, we welcome the host of Money with Katie, Katie Gaddy. In our headlines, do you have a flexible spending account? You're running out of time to use that money. So to help you hold on to your Benjamins, we welcome from the FSA store, Shauna Houseman. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Nick in Alaska, who probably has a question about fighting off bears. Go for the jugular, Nick! And then I'll share some trivia straight from the king. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And now, two guys who you should have learned a lot from this year. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J-G. Hey there, stackers. Happy Wednesday. And uh, if you're in the middle of eight crazy nights, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to all of us. It's the Stacky Benjamin Show. And you know what? It doesn't have to be a holiday to be a Wednesday. However, it is a special day for another reason here. It's OG's birthday, Doug. It's OG's birthday today. I don't know what you're talking about. Is that just amazing? And for OG's birthday, we go... Yes, we do. Because <laughs> he likes that button a lot. Yes. OG, how are you, my man? You got the presents all ready to be opened. You're about to find out who in your family is cheap. They got you a twofer like this. and Everybody and does that. Hanukkah and Christmas. Everybody and gets me the twofer. Kwanzaa, like all wrapped into one. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, Boxing Day. The whole thing. Yes. Yeah. It's horrible. I don't even... Why am I working? Smart people have uh, birthdays in February or October. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You did it wrong. Yes. If you would have Mm-mm. pre-planned this birthday that thing... That was mom and dad. Would have been, yeah. would have been great. Ice storm of 77. <laughs> Memory serves. Which was like in the middle of what? June? May? Like I'm trying to do the, do the math. March. Oh, March. Yeah, it would have been March. That's nine months yeah. from, uh, gotcha. Close to 10, as a matter of fact. Math while we're recording, apparently not my strong suit. We got a great show today. Katie Gaddy's here from Money with Katie. As Doug, you said, kicking off our extravaganza, our year-end big shows. Extravaganza. We're all dressed up. Look at us. Ready for the holidays. And uh, before that, we're going to talk FSAs with Shauna Hausman. So why don't we, well, you know what? I was going to go, but I think, guys, I think we have to have a year-end discussion. Because I really think before we do anything, you need to hear about this. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? You want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Glad we had that talk. Usually when an employer says to me, we need to have a year-end discussion, it goes far worse than that. Hey, could you uh, just 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 bring the contents of your desk with you down to my office? <laughs> also, your key card. We need to double check it to make sure yeah. it works. No, it's just going to be a casual chat. Just going to be a casual year-end chat. Why is security here? You know why security's here in this show, OG? Because we got a great show today. Let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's Headlines. Well, it's that time of year. If you have money left in your flex spending account, you really need to get rid of that money. And so- Time to start spending. Yeah. What am I going to do? Well, we had a recent chat over on the Fireside app with uh, Shauna Hausman. By the way, we're going to be using the, the Fireside app a lot also in 2023. So go download that, Stackers. If you want to ask questions, and what was neat was Shauna stayed around and answered Stacker questions after the interview. But I'd like to play you some of the key points of what Shauna and I discussed because the clock is ticking. For people that are new to this, 
maybe they're young. They've never had a job with an FSA. They're changing jobs. Let's just talk about for those people briefly, what is an FSA? So an FSA is the ability for you to put pre-tax dollars into an account. You get the money at the beginning of the year. So it's something that your, your employer basically manages. And so you elect the amount you want to put in. The money goes into your account on the first day of your, you know, whatever your period is that the, uh, that your employer has chosen. For most people, that's January 1st. And then throughout the year, you can spend those pre-tax dollars on things like doctor's visits, orthodonture, things like that, that are, you know, medical visits related. You can also buy products and that's what we sell at fsastore.com. And most people are not aware of the variety of things that you can purchase. So, you know, we're here to talk about that today because we believe that putting money in FSA is something that everybody should do. And I think that when people realize what's covered, they're all going to want to put money in. You know, we have over 2,500 products. So when you think about that, there's a lot of things everyone's buying every day that they could use their money for and get it, you know, essentially tax free. Well, and that's the thing is that people hear this, you know, this word pre-tax and they don't think about what a big deal that is. But if you're right. just the average person, it's like a 20% off sale, Shauna, for the average person, I think. Almost 30. Yeah. Yeah. yeah depending on your, on your household income, your income tax rate. But that's right. Cause um, you also have state tax as well. And maybe all of maybe, it. Yeah. yeah. All of that stuff. So when you were here a year ago, we were talking about there were still some COVID rules in place where, you know, you might have to spend some of it by the year end. You might not have to. And we kind of went over that and it was just kind of, I don't remember the term you used, but it was pretty funny about how it was kind of squishy, (laughs) right? Are those squishy rules gone? Do we have to do it now by December 31st this year? uh, Yeah. As we say, as we say, deadline is back. You know, during COVID, the deadlines were eliminated both in 2020 and 2021. But the deal was all of that money that carried over was going to expire in 2022. That's the big deal because people likely have money. You know, if, they've, if you've been contributing for years, you may have money left over from last year and you may have money left over from 2020. And that's the thing that we're concerned about is that people are going to lose money that they carried over from the past two years without realizing it. And honestly, these platforms, these these FSA management platforms are not really going to help you because when you go in, most of them are just going to show you your balance from this year and they don't show you everything you have. You usually have to click in and click on 2021 to see the money there and you got to click somewhere else for 2020. It's estimated that most households are going to lose $600 this year. And that's billions. I mean, billions of dollars. We think about that billions that are going unspent. It's just mind boggling. Yeah. We did a story recently about, you know, that unclaimed property that states have one of our stackers right. wrote us and said, Hey, did you check? Cause they just checked for me. And I had like $120 in the state of Texas. I didn't know what that I, that I, I know, but six, <laughs> $600 is a ton of money. And the fact oh that gosh. you click on this and you still might not see it is horrible. Yeah. That's the terrifying part. A lot of people that work with us, you know, they've got spouses with FSAs and different platforms and they're going in and they're saying, you know, I know we have more money. I'm not seeing the total amount. And then you've got to like kind of dig and look, you got to like click on a drop down and go into 2021 and then go into 2020. It is not easy. And, you know, no one's really prepared for this kind of thing. So I think that these folks that manage the FSAs, they don't have this very high tech to begin with, but they never thought about this scenario. So, you know, what people saying, oh, my gosh, I went back to 2020 and I have like two hundred and forty dollars in there and I didn't even realize it. 
anything from 2020 and 2021, it is all coming due on December 31st. And, you know, most of 2020 will as well. You know, your employer may say you could carry a certain amount over that will expire usually on March 15th, but they'll give you a little, a little what they call grace period on the 2022 money. Maybe, you know, your employer gets to decide, but everything from the past two years, it is done. It's done on the 31st, the date's coming up. Yeah. quick. Um, so yeah, we're very concerned. I mean, this is what we do every day. And we don't want people to lose their money. I mean, obviously, we think it's a great tax benefit, but sure. if people lose their money, they don't want to sign up again. They're they're frustrated. That's the worst thing because it really is a great financial benefit for people. Shauna, let's dive into then some of the things that you can use that FSA money for. In fact, I have a question from Katie who couldn't be with us. She was asking about using her premiums for her insurance. Can she pay her premiums using FSA money? Can she do co-pays with her FSA money? Yes. Anything like any of those co-pays, anything to do with your medical visits, you can use it for. I don't actually know if you can pay your premium, your insurance premium. That I would have to double check on. But I do know that when you go to the doctor and you're visiting and you know, let's say you, you broke an arm and you had to go to the hospital with that. You can pay for that, you know, whatever they're charging, uh, you, you can use it for all of those medical expenses. A lot of those things people are more familiar with the typical like eyeglasses, doctor's visits, dental visits. Yeah. And a lot of that is, you know, you're kind of putting money away and saving it for that scenario, right? Like what if I break my arm in early December and I need to use it, but from a financial point of view, you're kind of better off using it throughout the year because it's all your money, right? And I don't think people realize all of the things that they're buying throughout the year that they could be using it for, you know, and then you're using it up. You don't risk losing it if you don't break your arm, yeah, you know? Yeah, right, um, right. People don't know what some of the things are that they can use it for. Walk through right. some of the things can I use the FSA for? Some of the things that are most surprising, and these are categories that have been added more recently, all of your over-the-counter medications. So you think about things you buy, right? People who take Zyrtec, for instance, and they take it every day of their life. I mean, that adds up to a lot of money throughout the year. Yeah. You can use it on things like Zyrtec, Advil, Tylenol, all of that. So that's a category that got added not too long ago. Another category is all your feminine care products. You know, people are buying those on a regular basis. They're not cheap and everything related to that is covered. So, you know, you're using that, you know, on a monthly basis, you're buying Tylenol, Band-Aids, all those things. But even getting into some categories that are more surprising. So we have a whole section on the site we call surprisingly eligible. You can get your breast pump there if you're an expectant mother and baby health monitors. We have a lot of high tech gadgets that we've been adding, which are pretty cool. You know, I think a lot of people have seen that um, the massage gun, you know, they're advertising it everywhere. You can get that with your FSA dollars on our site. The thing I love and I use the most sunscreen. I don't think people realize that all of your sunscreens are eligible. It's not just like copper tone and things you would expect. It's anything sunscreen. So we carry everything from the basic entry-level price point to Super Goop, you know, which is like the hottest brand right now. So people go out and you might spend like $20 a bottle. You come to us and you get that with pre-tax money, you know, and that stuff's really popular now. So I'm always stocking up on that. And you're supposed to wear sunscreen year round. So that I think people don't realize. It's not just generic products and basic cheap products. You know, it's not. It's really high level big name brands. I buy my glasses with FSA dollars. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. That's something you can do. And I think that that's one that I think a lot of people 
they do that every year. A lot of people recognize that one, you yeah. know, it's, yeah. and that's been for years, but yeah, that's a great thing to do. In fact, I just did that. So <laughs> that's fantastic. So tell me about the FSA store then. So I go there, I've got dollars mm-hmm. left and it sounds like it is all products that I yeah. can use. I, I don't have to worry about, is this eligible or not? Like I'm in a target aisle. I, I know everything on right. the store then is eligible. That's right. Yes. And you know that we pride ourselves in that you don't have to have that worry. You go to Amazon and they say it's FSA eligible, but the minute you add an item to your cart, they're going to show you five other items that are related that are not necessarily eligible. So people get really frustrated. And we hear a lot of times that they go and they try and shop elsewhere. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I got to the register. Half this stuff wasn't eligible. I was so frustrated. You come to us, it's all guaranteed. We do make a hundred percent guarantee. You know, and the other thing is that when you're buying it, it gets essentially approved by whoever's managing your FSA because they know us and we have these, you know, arrangements where they recognize our name. It goes through. You don't have to worry that maybe they're going to reject it or I have to go submit a receipt. You don't really have to do that with us because, you know, we're such a trusted name that these platforms will essentially say, all right, that's 100% guaranteed. And you know that it's coming right out of your FSA account. You can shop right up until midnight on the 31st. A lot of the stores won't, won't guarantee that. But you could literally be shopping at 1159 and place your order and it will go through in the right plan year, you know, so uh, a lot of the other guys won't charge until it ships. Yeah. So you might do that. It might ship a week later and then you're kind of screwed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Dollars are well, it's a double whammy. The dollars yeah. are gone and you're spending next year's money, which you don't want to spend yet. Right. There's a lot of these tricky rules and, you know, we try and make it easier for people. We've got a lot of articles, a lot of content you know, you get close to the end of the year and we're, we're sending out emails. People sign up for something called a deadline alert on our site. My suggestion is when you first get the money, you first pick this, you sign up for the program, go on the site, put a deadline alert. So, you you know, people tend to like, they know all of this when they're signing up and that they sort of forget it. Yes, right. So right. You, you go in and put it in and say, all right, my deadline's the 31st. Some people have a deadline that's the end of June, you know, so you put it in and we start sending you kind of a countdown as you get closer so that you won't forget. That's my favorite thing to do is set these alerts and reminders because I just don't want to trust my brain. You got 50,000 things going on and why, why I thought everyone's life is more hectic than ever these days. Right. I have a question from James here, Shauna. James said he's worried about uh, getting laid off. I think like a lot of people, James might work in tech, right. might work for a certain tech company. I don't know. But can, <laughs> can he, right. can he, he says, can he change his mind about contributing money to an FSA? Can he, is there a way to take the money back? So he puts money in, can he take it right. back without having to spend it on FSA products? You can't take the money back, but you keep it. So what's interesting is the money goes into your account at, on like the first of your plan period. So let's say January 1st and you become unemployed. The employer doesn't take it back from you. So you leave, you're no longer contributing, but you get to keep the money, which is interesting. And they kind of account for that. Your employer does account for that. So you could, you could get the money on the first of the year get laid off two days later, but you now have $3,000 in your account that you're not paying out on a monthly basis. That is what happens. Like the money goes in, let's say, you know, and then you have nine months of being unemployed. You're not contributing to a majority habit. So that's kind of an unusual thing about these accounts. Yeah, You can't pull it out for cash, but that's where I would suggest that people go to the site and see what's eligible because guaranteed 
there are things that you don't realize that you're buying every year that you're buying on a weekly, monthly basis. And that's where you start to think like, what do I use? Make the list of your over-the-counter meds. Well, and like I was thinking earlier, James is still going to have these issues. I mean, he's still going to need all these different things, even though he doesn't have exactly. a job, doesn't mean that he doesn't need all these healthcare products. That's pretty cool. I did not, I did not realize that he keeps the money, but the, the rules still apply yeah. then, right? So let's say yeah. he gets laid off January 2nd. He's got the $3,000. He now still, the clock is still ticking it through December. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, you got it. If you do have $3,000 at the beginning of the year, then you really should sit down and make a list of things that you need to do. All your doctor's appointments you need to have, you know, you need glasses, you know, you can actually get hearing aids now, which just became eligible last month. Wow. Uh, you know, and hearing aids are like thousands of dollars yeah. and you could come, you know, our, our site, we sell them, we sell them cheaper than if you go got one with a prescription, these are non-prescription hearing aids and you could save hundreds of dollars on these things because now they are eligible. So we're constantly adding new categories. I have a lot of friends that have migraines. We just added this high tech migraine relief products. That's it's not cheap, but when you get it on the, uh, the FSA, you're saving that money. And people are saying that this thing is like curing their migraines. You know, it's, it's a device, you strap it around your head. It's, I don't know, I haven't tried it, but um, uh, people who are using it, it's like a top, top seller since we went live with it. So we got to make the list of doctor's stuff. You got to make the list of products you use every day. And then if the money's left over, you think to yourself, you know what, I get migraines. It's worth investing in that item. It may be a little more expensive, but, you know, if I have the money, I'll use that. You know, or if I, you know, we sell bundles now that are, kind of like putting it all together for you to make it easy. Let's say it's December 31st. You're at a holiday party. You're not a New Year's party. And you're like, oh, no, I've got all this money. <laughs> you know, we, we hear this all the time. People are like at 11 p.m. going online. Now you can do bundles. You know, you say, all right, I don't know. I don't know what to buy. We say, go get the sunscreen bundle or go get the over-the-counter med bundle. Just click it and buy it. Like, don't lose your money. All right. You know? Yeah, I, I was going around your site and you guys have a cool calculator on the site, by the way. So if people are contributing to an FSA, uh, right. there is a maximum, but there really is an amount that's right for every family. And you kind of have a calculator right. of this is the amount to do. Yeah, that's right. We want to make it so that you're putting the right amount in this coming year, you're going to be able to put over $3,000 in, but that might not be right for you. That's why I suggest, you know, making a list will help you do that on the site. You know, you think about what you're going to need. Are, is everyone in the family going to get glasses this year? That changes it if, if as opposed to one person. Make a list of all the over-the-counter meds, the fem care, the acne care, all of those things that you're going to use on a regular basis. Shauna, thank you so much for helping us save some money again this year. I, yeah, my pleasure. Super. Thank you for uh, giving me some time off from my virtual office to join you in the virtual basement. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. Uh, Big thanks to Shauna for hanging out with us and uh, you'll find her at the FSA store. As she mentioned, OG, uh, got to get that stuff done. Got to get it done. Use it or lose it, as they say. And there are some healthcare reimbursement accounts, which sound a lot like HSAs. People kind of confuse them. Those are also use it or lose it. So if you've got the healthcare reimbursement account, FSAs, dependent care reimbursement account, that you got a little bit of grace because, you know, you can pay that all the way through January. But pay attention to those uh, year-end deadlines coming up fast. In many cases, OG, you can submit receipts for reimbursement to them after the first of the year, but the spending has to happen before the yeah. end of the year. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yep. Yeah. For sure. So 
Still a panic. Yeah, right. Still get it done, but you don't have to necessarily submit it right away. Coming up next, Katie Gaddy is the host of the new and exciting Money with Katie show. I say new. I think Katie's uh, show has been on the air for just over a year and uh, super excited to hang out with her. Of course, uh, Money with Katie comes to you from Morning Brew, which is, I think, a newsletter that all three of us get. Second only, of course, to our own 201, but a pretty darn good newsletter over at Morning Brew. And Katie's agreed to go over with us the top five things that she thinks were events this year that we should have learned from. So let's say hi to Katie in just a moment. But while she's coming downstairs to get set up, Doug, you've got some trivia for us. Darn right I do, Joe. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And on this day in history, Elvis met Nixon at the White House, an event which I can only assume ripped a hole in the space-time continuum. Elvis is famous not only for his dance moves, which are widely considered to be second only to my own, but also for his holiday songs and movies. Ah, bad holiday movies. How often do you get to mix bad and Christmas together? Except for those awful one-plot-fits-all Hallmark movies or like the Elf on the Shelf thing or... Oh, heck, where do we start? Here's some good meets bad this holiday season. In Dr. Seuss's epic tale, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas... What were three words used to describe the Grinch? I'll be back right after I go light today's menorah candle. That's right. I celebrate all the holidays. Felice your Kwanzaa over eight crazy nights, everyone. Well, stackers take on this holiday season with the help of Navy Federal Credit Union. When you pay your credit cards off every month like you should... Well, then when you use the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card, you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases. I love this, that you can redeem your rewards as soon as you earn them. And using the Navy Federal mobile app makes redeeming easier than ever. Enjoy the rewards of cash back without any annual fee, balance transfer, or foreign transaction fees. I just got back from Eastern Europe, and I love that there's no foreign transaction fees. In fact, if you ever travel abroad, you want to make sure and call your company to make sure that there is no fee or just go with Navy Federal Solution here. There's no limitations on rewards and they never expire while your account is open. Learn how you can get cheer to last all year with a cash rewards card at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA, rates are variable and range between 12.65% and 18% APR based on creditworthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Well, you know, what I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. 
Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Hey there, stackers. I'm Elvis's Pelvis's OnlyFans member and Grinch who stole breakfast, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a good story based on the Dr. Seuss book starring either Boris Karloff or more recently Jim Carrey. You know, I feel like Jim and I could be friends as I too talk directly out of my bag. Anyway, the story takes place in Whoville where you can find the Who's, a munchkin-like Christmas-loving people, just, just picture Len Penzo, but with less fur. On the other side of the reindeer tracks lives the Grinch who hates Christmas and plans to steal it. I don't know why. Maybe to replace it with Starbucks. Who knows? And what does this annual Benjamin Maker use as the three words to describe the Grinch? Stink, stank, stunk. Hey, that's just like OG's feet. Okay, fine. I'll introduce her. And kicking off our five things you should have learned from 2022 extravaganza, here's the woman behind Money with Katie, Katie Gaddy. Katie, how are you? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you? Well, I'm super happy to finally meet you. I feel like I know you, like listening to you as I'm out of my run in the morning. And <laughs> uh, it's so great to finally be face to face. Let's talk 2022 for a second, Katie. I mean, we're going to do that. You've been nice enough to give us a top five events of 2022 that we can learn from. But how was 2022 for you personally? Oh, man. Personally, 2022 for me was great, almost to the point that I feel like this happens to me all the time where, you know, I'll have a good year professionally or something, something big will happen, or I'll feel like I had a bunch of growth and I'll be like, oh God, is this the best it's going to get? How am I going to top this in 2023? (laughs) So I'm currently going through that existential reckoning right now of like, all right, nope, nope. It's good. We're just, we're going to keep, we're like the S and P 500, right? It's a little volatile. We've got some ups and downs, but we're going to try to keep, keep that upward trajectory. We're going to keep on chugging. It's it's, it's so funny. Well, I'm like you so much in that way. I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. Like I'm like, it's too good. It can't be this good. I know. I know. I don't know why that is. I think it's probably just a defense mechanism, but you know, I've also heard who was it? I think it was some, the, the Sequoia capital guys that were talking about that on a podcast where they just said, you know, we, I think that they've been in business for decades. They're they're one of the best. And they were like, we are so paranoid. We never feel like we can be complacent. And, and they kind of, you know, position that paranoia as, what gives you an edge. So I always tell myself that when I'm feeling anxiety about money or work or anything, I'm like, all right, you know what? If I'm feeling paranoid, that means I care. That means I'm going to keep working hard. And you know, that's my positive reframe. (laughs) But it also, well, and that's, that's what I love about you is you're such an optimist. Like at the end of the day, (laughs) just, just your optimism shines through, but you know what? Maybe it's your time and my time too, you know, dealing with the financial markets and stuff that, you know this better than most people. When people start high-fiving each other like they were at the end of last year going, I'm such a genius. Things are so awesome. I rock. My 401k is amazing. That's the time when I'm always like, oh no, the shoe's going to drop. Like it yep, is about absolutely. to drop. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's your spot on. There's a great quote about that. My friend Jack Ryan says, I think it's like, risk is greatest when you forget it exists and it's lowest when it's all you can think about. And I think 2021 was a 
perfect example of that. Amen, sister. Well, and that's the time we should be investing. And look at, you've gotten yeah. tons of questions. We've gotten tons of questions. Like, should I pull back on my 401k? And I'm like, hell no, 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 no. Hell no. Well, let's dive into this. You've been nice enough. Are we going to do these? Tell me how we're going to do these. How did you list these out? I'm thinking no particular order. This is the kind of the, the, the way in which they came to my brain. So I think <laughs> it's probably reverse chronological order on that, on that, <laughs> because it's the the most recent things. And then I'm working yeah. my way back in the year. Are you ready for the first one? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. So the number one event that was kind of on my mind from looking back at 2022 in this kind of broader context was the FTX meltdown oh. and the arrest of Sam Bankman fried. So for me, I don't want to make any grand predictions about the future of this space, cryptocurrency, like what this means long-term, but I think at the end of the day, it is a valuable reminder that a healthy level of skepticism and cynicism can actually be quite valuable in investing. And if it seems too good to be true, for example, staking and earning your you know 10% yields on your crypto, it is. There is no 10% risk-free rate of return anywhere unless you are buying into a Ponzi scheme, hard stop. So for me, the lesson was, unregulated asset classes are just that, unregulated. Everything mean reverts eventually, right? And I think this signals a larger reckoning for cryptocurrency as a whole. You know, things were already looking soft this year with Bitcoin under $20,000, yeah. the NFT market that was exploding in 2021 basically evaporated into nothing. But this really took things to a whole new level because I think it revealed how even exchanges that have done a good job of marketing themselves as being safe were still subject to fraud. I'm really interested to see, I think, what's going to happen next and how this is going to impact crypto as a whole. But for me, you can't talk about money in 2022 without talking about the crypto meltdown. No, it's wild how the year began with SEC investigations into the people in NFTs, which I thought was, yeah, you, you know, same thing, right? Unregulated markets. I'm buying 8-bit pictures of trees and it's really cool. <laughs> it's worth a bajillion dollars. And then it comes crashing yep. down and not because the technology is not valid, Katie, but because mm -hmm. of the fact that we've got these people on the inside who, you know, are really the puppet masters in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think the other kind of big, I would say overall shift that we saw this year and maybe not, you know, a one isolated event, but just the changing interest rate environment. So in January of 2022, the Fed funds rate was 0 0.08, less than 1%. As of last month, November, 2022, it was 3.78. So it has not been that high or really risen that quickly since I think 2008, like it is a whole new interest rate regime. The days of zero interest rate policy or ZERP, it's over, at least for the foreseeable future. I think we see this most obviously, most painfully in mortgage rates, that 30-year fixed interest rate I checked this morning. It's like 7.5% yeah. as of the time of this recording. And for the last 10, 15 years, money was so cheap that leverage was kind of a no-brainer. But in this type of interest rate environment, it really makes less sense to lever up. So we are looking at buying a new car soon. We're even considering buying real estate next year because we're moving to an area where the price to rent ratios are far more favorable for buyers than where we live now. And 
we're thinking really seriously about how much we want to borrow and if borrowing makes sense given the fact that we're now over 7%. Like the chances that our money is going to outperform the cost of leverage in the stock market after inflation is kind of a crapshoot at this point. So I think the the big lesson for me in 2022 is the way that we approach borrowing is changing and that cost benefit analysis looks really different now and it probably will for the foreseeable future. Well, and what it also signals to me on that same note, but a little bit of a tangent is we saw lots of statistics going into into the holidays that people knew the interest rates were higher. They knew the environment's changing and yet we're not going to change our spending habits. And I just feel like in this higher interest rate environment, man, if you don't have a solid foundation, like this should be a, a, a big signal, I think, yeah. to a lot of people, like get that foundation in place because- the, you know, the cost of just going, oh, I'll just go borrow a little bit of money because what? It's at nothing. Um, that doesn't exist anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. No, exactly. And I, you know, I think whenever we have talks of recessionary fears, high interest rates, unemployment coming potentially, you start to get that question more of like, how should I prepare? How should I prepare? And to some extent, the thing that I always feel like I have to say is the time to prepare was in 2021 when things were really good. Like if you're kind of got your back against the wall now, it's going to be more difficult. Not to say it's impossible. Nothing is impossible. And it's, it's not that you can't go out and increase your income or find interesting investing opportunities now. But to me, this whole kind of shift, it almost felt reminiscent of 2020 where things took a turn so quickly and there was so much uncertainty that it's that signal like, all right, it's time to buckle down, go into austerity mode. And I think for me, I learned a lot in 2020 about the importance of being prepared. And if you stay prepared, you don't have to get prepared. And hopefully you're going into 2023 and this talk about recession with a really strong foundation that, you know, you're going to be able to actually take advantage of buying opportunities in the market, as opposed to feeling like, oh God, I have to shore up my, you know, weak sides here because I've, I've been a little bit loose. I know, I know, by the way, you don't like to play the crystal ball game. Yeah. But do you still think there's more fallout coming in terms of interest rates? Let's, let's hang out with interest rates for just a minute longer. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, it's funny that you said at the beginning of this interview that I'm an optimist. I think at my core I am, but I, I tend to be pretty <laughs> pessimistic about things like this where I'm like, I know that we just had that inflation print. It's going back down. I think there is there's cause for optimism around Jerome slowing slowing his role a little bit, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath. I do think though, or I do wonder, I had a great guest on the pod a few months ago where I kind of wonder if we've already seen the bottom in the stock market. It's possible that this is all one big dead cat bounce, but I do wonder if we are through the worst of it in the market. I don't think the economy is through the worst of it, but you know, her name's Liz Young. She was just talking about how It's always important to remember that because the stock market is a forecasting mechanism, it's forward looking, it's pricing in all the bad things that we think are going to happen far before they actually happen. So, you know, six months ago, things were super, super bleak. And it's not to say that we've really fully recovered, but we're down 15% year to date now instead of 25, which is where we were like a month or two ago. So I'm optimistic about the stock market. I would not be surprised if they continued to raise rates a little bit more. But at this point, it's one of those things where I kind of feel like, let's find the silver lining uh, because we really, we can't control it. And to me, 
the silver lining is my kind of third point of, you know, the 2022 takeaways, which is that bonds are back. You know, rates are going up. Bonds are back on the table. Da, 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 drum roll, please. Know, you know, right? Over the last decade or so, it seemed as though bond exposure wasn't really worth it because yields were so low. And I was seeing stuff everywhere that was basically like, hey, the 60-40 portfolio is dead. The 4% rule is dead. Not anymore. You can get a 4% risk-free rate of return on a 10-year T-bond. That has not been the case for 10 years. And over the last few years, with all the grumbling about how the 4% rule is dead and fixed income is you know no longer worth owning higher interest rate environment, that tune is going to change. And I think it's a good opportunity to kind of revisit asset allocation and just kind of check back in and say, hey, you know, was this year terrible for me having my entire portfolio be down 25%? Maybe I'm in, maybe maybe my stock allocation is a little bit high. Maybe I shouldn't be in 100% S&P 500 if, if, you know, if that's what you're in and you're considering rebalancing. But I, I do think that the silver lining of interest rates, though we can't control them, is that bonds are back. And in some ways, that's a nice shift after the last decade or two. I'm so glad that you said that because it truly isn't about the markets. I love your framing that it's about you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is about you. And so often I feel like we jump on this roller coaster because we think it's one thing that we get halfway down and we go, oh, <laughs> like this, yeah. is way, this is way harder on me. And if you can't sleep at night, if you're having trouble psychologically because your money's down so much, I, I really love that part of investing, you know, shift it today. Yeah. Because my initial reaction, Katie, when you said that was, if I'm an aggressive investor, does it matter that bonds are back? Like that was my Mm. first, first reaction. And maybe it doesn't unless it's affecting you. Yeah. Well, I think it also depends on your age, right? And and your, your time horizon, uh, when you're going to have to start drawing down on your portfolio. I think that's going to be an aspect of this, but I also think it's worth I really like using portfolio visualizer and doing back tests and just seeing through other periods of recessions and volatility and lost decades even. Like I love the 2000 to 2009 example for the S&P 500 where you close out, I think even into 2010, you're still lower than you were in the year 2000. Yeah. So I think this idea that that the S&P 500 is a sure thing within 10 year periods or fewer, it's kind of a false sense of security and safety. And if you had some bond exposure, if you had some exposure to other asset classes during that time, you actually ended that decade up. You were, it was not a lost decade for you. So I think sometimes we, because we look at the last 10 years, we extrapolate that forward and say, well, the S and P 500 is always the top performer. Like large cap growth always is going to win. And that's just not the case, especially over the last hundred years. So I think it is a um, a compelling case for diversity, whether that diversity comes in the form of other indices or um, bond exposure. But I would say my fourth inclusion of kind of 2022 lessons comes back to small cap value. And oh. when I was writing my notes for this, I wrote small cap value is coming back question mark. Cause I've always been a fan of small cap value. Sure. That asset class to me, because it represents kind of the polar opposite of what I hold in my S and P 500 and other large cap growth or large cap blend funds. So I love Paul Merriman's work. He makes a very, very compelling case for small cap value, but it just has not done well in the last 10 to 20 years, especially not compared to the S and P 500. But this year it's outperforming the S and P 500. I think it's like down 8% year to date instead of 15 or 16% year to date as of the time of this recording. 
And I was reviewing some BlackRock materials the other day. It's like their 2023 prospectus. And it sounds like the interest rate and inflationary environment that we are in provides quite a good outlook for asset classes like small cap value. So there was this narrative or this question over the last several years of like, is the U.S. value premium dead? Is it over? And I think a lot of that was driven by zero interest rate policy. And I do wonder if it's going to follow that same narrative trend that bonds have right now that, hey, in a different monetary environment, we may see a different story emerge. And that's not to say that the S&P 500 isn't a good index to hold, just that diversifying beyond it is probably a good idea, especially in this new regime. I just start thinking about all the times I've heard this during my career, 1998, 1999, there's a new economy, Katie. Remember this one? There's yeah. a new economy. Yeah. Uh, earnings don't matter. It's all pets.com. It's going to go to the oh moon and none of this yeah. matters. And then the lead up to 2007 to 2008, like real estate for the win. Mm-hmm. It's just real estate all the time for the win. Come on. And now the last 10 years, it's so easy. If you have been an investor for 10 years, Somebody's hearing you right now, Katie, going, small cap, small cap, what? Right. What the hell are you talking about? I feel the same way about emerging markets. I love emerging markets. Me too. I just like the sexiness of it. I think that this idea that the world's going to continue to flatten in terms of productivity and we're going to see these cool things coming out of different countries is just this great, it's just a fun place to invest. Kind of same thing there, but small cap value. You surprised me there, but I'm I'm on board. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Same with emerging markets. I think emerging markets was really the one that put the team on its back in the early aughts where if you had emerging market exposure, you were up like 40% after the first decade of the 2000s, which if you were just holding S&P 500, it was, it's, I just think we have such a recency bias, which makes sense because... That it's just human nature. But I think when you zoom out and you really start to study these different periods, and to your point, even though the narrative is usually focused on something different every time because of these macro factors. So, you know, the late 90s, it's like, oh, you know, the earnings don't matter. It's all about potential pets.com. We know how that played out. You know, real estate, oh, it just goes up. We know how that played out. Same with the past couple years. I mean, I, I just think there's there's this kind of cyclical nature to the hype and it may direct itself at different things. But at the end of the day, we come back to fundamentals every time because that's the only thing that we can really like hang our hat on. So to close out my fifth thing, we often see our largest single day spikes during these periods of high volatility. So on Thursday, November 10th, we saw the single day highest jump. So over 5%, the S&P 500 up over 5% in a single day that we have seen in years. I think there's only been, I'm going to, you know, fudge the numbers here, but maybe 20 times in the last 50 years that this has happened. And you could talk about the reasons why it happened and so on and so forth. But I think the more valuable takeaway is that periods of volatility and negative sentiment in the news cycle, like 2022 being the perfect example, the world is ending, there's a war in Europe, inflation is crazy. This is often when we see those big pops. And the last one that we saw was in May, 2020. So a period when everyone thought the world was ending and everything, you know, there name a time of more uncertainty than like the spring of 2020, right? Oh God. But these single day pops are so important if you're dollar cost averaging into the market and missing them can just be absolutely disastrous for your long-term returns. So to me, the lesson was, Hey, stay the course. Those psychological wins are so freaking powerful. 
powerful. And they remind us even in the midst of really scary times that we are going to be rewarded eventually. So I know that I said like, Hey, you know, diversify beyond the S and P 500, the S and P 500 though, you know, it, it is a, a top dog for a reason. And I love, uh, during these periods of volatility, when, when you have those questions, like, Hey, should I, should I hold off on the 401k? Should I pause my contributions? Like, should I just like wait for things to calm down? I love those big days because it's such a reminder that you never know. And the only way to make sure you don't miss them is to stay in and just keep doubling down, like trust the process. That's what I love. And I, and I also hate periods like May of 2020, when I read about so many pros getting their butt kicked, right? Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me that if we have pros that are, I'm thinking about this one financial advisor, Katie, that got like 90% of his clients to cash. And then the market over the course of a very short period of time just went right back up. I mean, it was a knife down, a knife back up. And so he ends up costing his clients just a ton of money. And then I think if these people can't do it and the data they have, our average stacker out there, the average money with Katie listener, like, why do we even try to play that game? Just, just hang on, hang on, yeah. get a plan. Yeah. My husband learned a hard lesson back then. He, he was messing around with options and he tried to short the S and P 500. He lost thousands and he was like, I'm done. No more ops. Cause he was like, he was like looking at everything and was just going, how the hell could this go back? Like how right. could this possibly rebound? But you just, because of monetary policy, you don't know what the fed is going to do. I mean, I guess the writing was kind of on the wall of what they were going to do. Cause we know what they did in 08 and in the aftermath of that, but it, it, exactly. Like it's, it's almost just not even worth trying because you see these groups that I think hedge funds are actually doing quite well this year, but in general, even professionals really struggle because there are so many variables and the market does behave in the short term in, in relatively irrational ways. So to try to layer rationality on top of that and then make these big bets, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And it, this has been the first period for me, you know, I'm 27. So I have never invested in a bear market. I've only ever invested through a bull market. And I felt like when I was reading all my fire books and all my investing content and really like stealing myself for this and every single one said, Hey, there are going to be periods where there's going to be blood in the streets. You're going to want to get the hell out. Everything in your amygdala is going to be screaming at you (laughs) to stop, to cash out, to cut and run. And like, you have to, you have to have the mental fortitude to hang on. And this year was kind of my first challenge in that way where I was tested and had to really put that to the test. And fortunately, because I had income the entire time and I'm young, it was relatively easy to stay the course, but I can understand that fear. It's a little bit like when you're on a plane and there's turbulence, you know, you know, before you get on that plane, that the rate of you know the risk of being in an accident on a plane you know, one in 10 million or a hundred million, it's minuscule. There's practically no, it's the safest mode of transportation by far. But when you're actually on the plane and it's shaking you around and up and down, I mean, like the mental kind of cognizance gets overridden by just fear. And I think investing is much the same way. And it's that practice of like, how do I remain calm and continuously just come back to the data and my investing philosophy and I think if people can withstand this year, um, they can withstand anything. And I think that's the other silver lining of like, if you can make it through this year, if you can keep DCAing in and not sell, 
you know, you've kind of proven to yourself that you have the mental fortitude to stick it out. And it may, we may be sticking it out for a long time. You know, <laughs> right, we know that this, right. these types of downturns can last years, but I do think it's like a good testament to be like, Hey, yeah, I got this. Like, I'm not just a bull market advi- uh, investor. I can, I can really do this. Do you know what though, Katie, you know, what makes me calm down on a plane when there's turbulence is when the pilot comes on ahead of time. Yes. And says, hey, there's turbulence coming, right? Just that. So I'm so happy that you were the pilot today <laughs> telling <laughs> us that there will be more turbulence. Yes, there will yeah, be. Yeah, the, the, the metaphoric flight attendant. You're like, are, it, do, do they look nervous? No? Okay, I guess we're good. I, I think we might be fine. But, but I wrote down a couple big themes here that I think from your top five, and thank you so much for doing those. The plan really matters. Creating mm-hmm. your plan in 2023, I think it's going to be great. And to your point, if you don't have one now, the best time to have one was before, but if you don't, let's do it today. Mm-hmm. And then the second piece that I absolutely love is that diversification matters. Like yep. staying diversified, getting involved in this hot thing, you know, looking at FTX and what's going on there. <laughs> if, if we got over-involved in crypto, maybe not a great thing. We got over-involved in the S&P 500, maybe not a great thing. If we forgot about bonds, maybe not a great thing. Keeping that long-term approach and that diversified approach is, is, Mm -hmm. I think, for the win. You know, Katie, that you can trust me and that nobody listens to the stack. I mean, it's just you and me sitting here. (laughs) What's coming up on Money with Katie that you've told nobody yet? Oh, God. You've told nobody yet that's like the big secret that, you know, just you and I could share. Oh, I love that. Well- Nothing is set in stone yet, but we are thinking about launching a second show of some kind. Oh, sweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I haven't really talked about that at all. So yeah, you heard it here first. But the Money with Katie show is uh, highly research intensive. It is scripted from start to finish. There are 50 plus hours of work go into every episode across our team. It's a very labor intensive show and it... It is my pride and joy. I care deeply about the format and that it is a, you know, a really premium experience that you always walk away feeling like, oh my God, I just learned so much in that 30 or 40 minutes. And I think that we're, we're trying to shift a little bit in adding something to our repertoire where it's a little more conversational, a little more laid back, um, maybe a little bit more lighthearted. Some of the things that we cover on the show are they're very serious and we do it with a humorous tone, but we are exploring adding another show to the docket and, and taking kind of a different approach just to test it out and to see how it goes. So I think that's probably what's coming in 2023. Absolutely fabulous. Well, I'm raising a glass to you, Katie. Here's to a great 2023. Thank you. Happy New Year's, my friend. Happy New Year. Hey, this is Pete the Planner, USA Today money columnist and host of the Ask Pete the Planner podcast. When I'm not fixing the weirdest financial situations you've ever heard of, I'm stacking Benjamins. Big thanks to Katie for joining us for our penultimate. That's like the only polysyllabic word you know, isn't it, Jeff? (laughs) I was going to say, bonus points if you can spell it. Penultimate last, penultimate to the last. I don't know how to, (laughs) I I truly don't know how to use it in a sentence. It's just that word. Yeah, but we do have five, but it's penultimate live episode. Is that it of 2022? I don't, I don't know. But anyway. Penultimate. Yes. Episode. Lost the seventh. OG's the birthday episode. episode. We'll go with that one. Big thanks to Katie for joining us. But back to the Grinch. 
I think I like the Boris Karloff. Little known, one. it was true. It's a true story. Oh, yeah. Based on the true events that happened that went down in Whoville. Mm. Is Whoville yeah. is Whoville next to 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 is it what's it called Fansville? I think it's by Sneedville, isn't it? All those people are in those Dr Pepper commercials, isn't that Fansville? Yeah, yeah, but also Sneedsville, right? Isn't Sneedsville the one from uh, the Lorax? The Sneeds. Another true story. Sneeches. Oh, ba- Sneechville. Sneech? No, I don't think it's Sneech. Sneeches in the desert. It's not Sneeds. It's not like Sam Sneed the golfer. It's not his descendants. Maybe it is. Do you know that? I don't know. Have you done the history, the Ancestry.com? OG is looking it up right now, and he's when he realizes Sneedville. I'm right. It's a T-H. I had it way wrong. Sneedville. Sneedville? Sneedville. <sighs> T-H-N. Sneedville. Spy Whoville. It's across the... Anyways, you wouldn't know. It's across the tracks. Fabulous audio. <laughs> Let's throw out David Lifeline. <laughs> tackle some of life's most important questions our friends at haven life insurance agency doug they put what you value first here on og's birthday checks mix checks mix with peanuts for so nasty for og's birthday for og's huh. birthday i like a fire extinguisher man it's gonna light the fire but light the house on fire with all those candles so here's the thing we're gonna be sitting around he's gonna throw this really boring party for, for himself we're gonna sit there and have nothing to talk about i want good snacks and I hate that they took the peanuts out of Chex Mix. Me too. So Agreed. Yeah. So I always buy the Chex Mix and some peanuts, and then I mix them post. And then I'm back to the old days, the good stuff. Last year, I used mom's recipe and made a bunch of my own and just like overdid the butter and overdid the garlic. I think I ate mm. most of it myself. I'm on this Mepro diet where I pretty much maintain my weight. And I went up like, not even kidding, like six pounds in two days. <laughs> Just stuffed. That's good work. Stuff full of Chex Mix. So not proud of that, but it was so delicious. It was Won't so good. Won't that make OG's birthday party a lot more tolerable if we're sitting there stuffing our pie holes with good Chex Mix? Well, maybe mix? we're crunching so loud. It's not so awkward when he brings out the twister mat and wants to do that again for his birthday. Because that's when it gets awkward. Not good. It's actually your loved ones in your time and no twister with OG that uh, makes Haven Life special. They make buying quality term life insurance simple. Head to stackofbenjamins.com slash Haven Life. Now you'll get a free quote. Their application is all simplified. It's all online. This time of year, what better gift for the holidays than making sure your family's taken care of? Affordable prices, all policies issued by the parent company, Mass Mutual, more than 160-year-old insurer. I was... I was talking to Karen, our producer, OG. She said that uh, this is, this is a, I swear that this guy's called in before, um, but not sure. Our last, last lifeline of the year, uh, uh, a guy named Nick calling us from Alaska. Let's see what he's got. Oh, hello, Joe and OG. This is Santa, <clears throat> Nick calling from the North Pole. Uh... Alaska. (laughs) I have to say, I travel around the world once a year and love catching up on the show. It's a jolly good time, even though I don't learn a thing. (laughs) Here's my question. I've got terrible budget problems. Several years ago, I told the missus that I'd give presents to a bunch of kids I don't know. (laughs) Pay it forward, she said. You'll become a legend. That sort of thing. Well, I have to say, it's 
gotten out of hand. <laughs> Every stinking year I load up my sleigh, I mean, uh, my uh, pickup, with all of these toys. It used to be trucks, trains, and Barbies. But now they want iPads, Xboxes, and thousand-dollar phones. I mean, I give these ankle biters everything they ask for, and they always just come back asking for more. <laughs> I know what you're going to say, OG, and before you say it, I've already tried to cut my costs. We had the great idea of stuffing things in socks to limit the amounts. But before you know it, that just became an add-on. And now, these rascals all expect a sock full of junk and their silly presents. Oh, greedy little. And all for what? All I get in return is a few Christmas cookies. And now, they're all gluten-free. Where's the fun in that? Between us... I've even gone so far as to hire a bunch of undocumented workers. They're out in my workshop behind the house, making knockoff purses and jewelry as we speak. I wouldn't be surprised if the feds knock on my door tomorrow and shut us down. And if that weren't a big enough problem, we use deer in our uh, delivery system. And the animal rights people are breathing down my neck. I really, truly don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> so here's what I need to know. How do I cut when there's nothing left to trim? What would you do if you were me? Thanks, guys. <laughs> Big thanks to Nick for calling in. Man, that voice sounds familiar, and I swear we've talked to somebody like him before. I don't. I don't know, but oh gee, what a conundrum Nick's got. Yep. Unless they're charging for those presents, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I think there's got to be fee, like a convenience fee, like Ticketmaster. <laughs> like we were talking about last week with Randy Nichols. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little convenience fee. Well, if he's going to this many different places, I mean, that could really add up and might be able to at least uh, help him cover some of his fuel costs. Could he maybe start a Patreon? A Patreon. There you go. I like it. Uh, newsletter subscription. Yes, he does. He does something. Thanks, Nick. Uh, we'll be sure to set out a t-shirt for you when you come passing through this year. Stackybenjamins.com slash voicemail. And you can ask a question like Nick did this year, like that Nick is the final call of our Haven Lifeline this year. Stackybenjamins.com slash voicemail again for a 2023 call to us. Hey, uh, that's going to do it for, wow, it's going to do it for us. You know, a little look behind the scenes for OG's birthday. This is actually our last recording session. Friday show, which you're going to hear here in two days, we recorded a few days ago. And man, OG, was that a great episode. But OG, Doug, happy holidays to you guys. Off for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And we'll be back. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Thanks, Joe. Next week, OG and I, we have uh, pre-recorded some of our most inspiring interviews. You know what else we got coming up early next year, guys? Show 1300 is the first week of next year. Believe it or not, 1300 episodes of Stacky Benjamins that we've, uh, that we've spent together. Wow. My time flies. Maybe our trivia should be about us. Should be about how old are we? <laughs> How old are we in podcast years? If you stretched all <laughs> of the audio out that we have to cut from every one of these episodes, 
<laughs> Strung it all together. How many decades of unusable material would you have? Yeah, I think that might be that might be the go-to trivia question. Last but not least, if you're concerned not about the holidays or about <laughs> or about uh, riding your pickup truck around the world, you're m- much more worried about this chat around a recession. OG and his team have put together a free guide that shares eight moves to make it a down market. The guide will help you plan more, panic less, no matter what the market does. Head over to stackybenjamins.com slash guide, and you'll get this helpful free guide from OG. There's a present right there. There's a give yourself the it's gift great. of yeah, it's good present. not worrying so much. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Doug, you've got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from Katie Gaddy. What events influenced you this year? Don't just change your actions today for a better outcome. Use what you learned to propel you into 2023 and beyond. Second, take advice from Shauna Hausman in our headlines. Have FSA money? Make a plan to use it ASAP before it goes away when the ball drops on 2022 next week. But the big lesson? Stink, stink, stunk. That sounds a lot like the basement during Pedicure Friday. Febreze, people, Febreze. Thanks to Katie Gaddy for joining us today. You can find out more about her work at moneywithkatie.com. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Thanks also to Shauna Hausman for hanging out with us. You'll find Shauna and all things FSA at fsastore.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives, written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at The Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor.
This is the last time I'm going to see you guys until uh, New Year's. What do you What do you got going on New Year's wise? I think we've talked about the holiday season, <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Got a little overexcited. Headed with friends to Galveston, going to uh, go. They have a condo in in Galveston that they normally rent out a rental property, but they've booked it for New Year's. So we're going to head down there and have a little holiday away with some friends. Nice. We uh, we always have a New Year's Eve party at our house, so we are going to uh, have lots of people over. Huh. Watch a little foosball. Do you now on the TV? Yeah, you're welcome to come. Take you a while to get here, oh. but um, uh, you've always had this. It's just something you do every always. year. All always every year, every year. Don't yep. worry, I'm not invited either, Doug. So known him for like 12 years now. Never yeah. even knew this event happened. No idea. Oh, it's great. We have like tenderloin, chocolate pie. Big thing of potatoes. It is a good party. It's a, it's a hell of a party. You do party. your standing rib roast. That's going to be Christmas Day. The uh, uh, we just do tenderloin. Just just do tenderloin. This for is years. OG. It's time for the standing rib roast, as opposed to the sitting rib roast, the kneeling rib roast. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law Eric who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website. Resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life. And Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.